Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. But again, that's P-O-D com slash she. Thanks for your help. There are still so many parts of my story that I am still in counseling for right now. There's a specific thing that has been just like breaking me down. And I, I never talked about it publicly because it's just not in a hope filled place. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the indicator for me. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when we're still in the middle of healing something that we should not share publicly, it's mm-hmm. it's when we're still like bitter and angry about it. Mm-hmm. It's when our negative emotions and our traumas leading the way. And the truth is not the hope mm-hmm. is not leading the way. Mm-hmm. Cause we've all seen that sweet little baby girl on IG live talking about her man upset. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hopping off on Instagram. It's like, sweet girl, you need to go bring that to somebody else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not the public. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Tony, welcome to She. Hey, girl. I'm excited. (laughs) So excited to have you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think it's so timely and so necessary. But for those who may not know you, let's start here. Can you give us a little background on who you are and what led you to write your new book, Brave Enough to be Broken? Yeah, girl. Okay, so I'm from Houston, Texas. I say that all the time because Texas, best state in the world. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We made some uh, pretty crazy decisions, but we own it. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But I do live in Atlanta, Georgia, which I should probably claim at this point because it's been like 13 years, but whatever. Okay, (laughs) Texas. Um, But I grew up in a blended family, had a really, really hard and challenging uh, childhood. My Mm -hmm. mom was very sick growing up. And so I became a caregiver for her. Uh, Unfortunately, my dad was really verbally abusive Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a lot of protection as a little girl. Mm -hmm. And so sexual manipulation from family members entered my story and Mm -hmm. I lost my virginity at 13, started drinking alcohol and doing drugs at 14 and 15 to Mm kind of numb. I left my parents' house at 16 and oh goodness, I went to college and things got a little more wild. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of twerking, a lot of twerking. Okay. (laughs) But from there, I I decided to get married to a guy that I barely knew when I was 19. And it turned out to be a really toxic and abusive marriage. And we had a little girl and ended up getting a divorce really young. And then God came in and straight up switched it up on me Mm -hmm. and changed my life forever and ever. So much redemption there. Mm -hmm. And so today I just get to like talk about it and preach Mm -hmm. from the rooftops that broken crayons still colored. Mm -hmm. And that God can still create beauty out of all of our brokenness. Yeah, so, yeah. so true. Wow. Thanks for sharing that too. I mean, I'm curious too, did you feel like now looking back, do you feel like that marriage was kind of like a reach for stability in your life since you had so oh, little protection? My goodness, yes. 
I think when you're unprotected as a little girl, you just clamor for control in mm-hmm. all kinds of ways in your relationships, in your work, even like mm-hmm. I was working corporate America and doing my thing and overworking all the ways, but it's just control. It's just mm-hmm. clamoring for all the things that are, you know, like up close and personal and it's real and raw. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, like if I just put all these things around me, these materialistic things around me, they'll hold. Mm-hmm. And then they just don't, you yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think that that's really important to kind of reflect on and to be able to point out too, because I think sometimes when we know that things are broken in our life or we're not okay, we really kind of want to, like you said, like try to build all of these things that kind of make us feel more secure or okay, rather than Mm -hmm. actually digging into and dealing with what's really going on. And I love in the book's intro, you say the greatest gift I've ever given myself was the bravery to press into pain and the freedom to heal from it. I mean, Mm. I love that pain is, I mean, something that's often something we want to avoid at all costs. We want to dodge it. We want to go around it. We want to like, you know, avoid it. How did you find the strength to lean into it? And what did that process look like? I mean, it doesn't sound to me like it was something that immediately happened, like right after you went through something hard, but at what point in your life, you said kind of God came in, how did you find the strength to lean into it? And what did that look like? And what would you say to a woman who's afraid of how much truly healing could hurt? Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is that when I started healing, when I went to counseling, it wasn't even for me. Mm. I don't think I had the courage and honestly, the confidence in myself. I didn't feel worthy enough for a more healed, a more whole life, Mm. but I had a daughter. And I mean, I remember making a decision to get a divorce when I saw fear in her eyes for the first time. Mm. I remember looking at her as a single mom on WIC and food stamps. And I mean, Mm. I think I was drinking Starbucks coffee for breakfast and lunch. I mean, it was a hard season. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted more for her. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is just like we said earlier, Jordan, like we think it's like the materialistic things. Mm-hmm. It's oh, okay. Well, let me just find another husband so she can have a dad. Let me just mm-hmm. find a job so she can have finances. Mm-hmm. But really the gift of healing is what transformed mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. It was when I said, all right, I've got some things in my past that's influencing my parenting, mm-hmm. my friends my marriage, my every, even my relationship with God, it's when I got the bravery to say, I I need to go name it Mm. so that I can heal it so that I can show up a more whole version of Tony that my life really started to change. Mm -hmm. And I remember my first little counseling session, honey, I hated it. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is stupid. Mm -hmm. This, this here is dumb. I don't want to talk about (laughs) all the things I've been through, (laughs) right? Like this sucks. Mm -hmm. Because when you look back at all the things that cause you the greatest pain, it almost hurts worse than the things that hurt you. Because then you look back and say, dang, like, was I not worthy enough for someone to protect me? Mm -hmm. Was I not worthy enough for for God to show up in a different way to maybe erase that part of my story or Mm -hmm. to have it never happen? But you see it through a whole different lens. Yes. You get on the other side and you're like, dang, I'm so glad that I did the hard thing because Mm -hmm. now I've got wholeness to to tell the story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, I, and I'm thankful that you shared a little bit of what that process looked like and how you were even kind of resistant to it at first. Because I think sometimes when we heal, hear someone's healing journey, you know, when they're on the other side of it and have really worked through a lot of it, it seems like they just like casually were just like, all right, it's time to work on this, you know, when in reality, I think yeah. there's a lot of resistance. And I think it's it's truly a wrestle and it's not very, it's not always a linear journey where you yeah. just decide one day you're 
going to heal and, you know, it's a straight path forward. It's kind of up and down, you know, and (laughs) with detours and roundabouts and setbacks (laughs) and all of that, you know. It's Um, not cute at all. Yeah, exactly. It's not cute at all, let me just say (laughs) It sounds really great when you talk about it later, but it's not a Uh pretty journey, that's for sure. Well, I think kind of in tandem with that, something else I wanted to touch on is you talk a lot about numbing our emotions and how it really doesn't aid in the healing and the wholeness we're after, even though it may feel a little bit less painless in the time being, you know, in the the present or in the, you know, temporarily. Can you talk about why numbing ourselves isn't the answer and what that can look like? Oh, man. Well, you know, Queen Brene Brown says this all the time. When we numb our pain, we inevitably numb our joy. So, I mean, neurologically, the same neural pathways that it takes to experience joy, happiness, freedom, all the things that we really want is the same exact location and neural pathway that it mm-hmm. takes to experience pain and joy. So when you numb pain, when you're like, nope, pushing that under the rug, don't nobody talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. We also numb our ability to feel joy, mm-hmm. to feel all the things that we really, really want. And so mm-hmm. even with that as the foundation, the other, I mean, part of it, if we were to even just go like spiritual is that, you know, hope rises from the dirt. We don't need a whole bunch of hope and redemption when things are easy. Mm. We need it when it's really hard. And so when we allow ourselves to be in the valleys, it's when mountains of hope means more. I mean, Mm. we talk about this all the time in our church. It's that resurrection has no power without death, Mm -hmm. right? Without like the real hard Mm -hmm. Friday and Saturday, Sunday would have no meaning. And so I think we get the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to press into the hard thing, not because I just want to be a person that's like enduring really hard things. I told the Lord, I said, listen, Playa, I don't want no more testimonies. Okay. I got enough. <laughs> I was like, I, I got, got enough, enough lessons. Okay? I've learned. I got it. I know. <laughs> I, I totally got understand. It. I got it. Uh-huh. I got it. However, <laughs> Jordan, I get to be on this podcast on She telling the story because I did go through the hard mm-hmm. thing. I did look back. And mm-hmm. this moment right now, I mean, gosh, it's it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because you're right. I mean, I remember there was a time in my life and this is, it's interesting because I feel like our backgrounds growing up were entirely different. And I feel like a lot of my pain and suffering came in early adulthood, just when I thought, you know, life was looking great. And, um, I was kind of blindsided by that. And I remember though, earlier in my life thinking, I wish I had a more interesting story. Like my childhood was pretty simple, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, you know, once crap started hitting the fan, I was like, never mind, you know? (laughs) No, just (laughs) kidding around. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, but you're right. I mean, I think we, we don't want to have to live through the hard thing, but then it's the hard thing that really becomes our testimony. It really becomes Mm -hmm. the thing that it becomes a huge part of our calling in so many ways. Yeah. And there's a gift in that, even though it doesn't feel like a gift when we're trudging through it. But something else I want to touch on in the book, you write something that another, you write a lot of things that are really good, but something that you wrote that I love is you said, one of the things I often hear from women is that they know God, they believe in his power, but everything is still so hard. And man, do I feel that? Like, I think Mm. sometimes, like, I remember I wrote something recently that was along the same lines of like, you can trust God, have faith, choose joy, and it can still be really hard. It's like all of that kind of coexists. But I think sometimes when we, are trying to figure out how to trust God, we we have a hard mm. time with it when it's still so hard. And so I'd love to yeah. hear how we can navigate this, especially mm. if you know we feel like we have a close relationship with God, but how can we be more intentional about spending time with Him and navigating kind of this tension when we're in the middle of our pain, the middle of our struggle, the middle of a seemingly unfinished story? Yeah. 
Well, I think what's what's so beautiful when you start to sit down really, like truly and spend time with God and read the Bible, I think there's one truth that even for me, like that I really like started to understand when I became a follower, not just a fan of God. Mm-hmm. I, I started to understand that God never promised us a life of perfection. And I remember the moment when I when I realized it, my mm-hmm. husband had preached about it and started like looking in the Bible. I'm like, no, surely he was like, mm-hmm. I got this great life for you guys. Like it's stored up, but he never did. He never promised us a life of uh, perfection. What he did promise us is that he would be with us in the imperfection. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Kurt Thompson says this, oftentimes it's not the, the fear of grief and pain and trauma that takes us out. It's the belief that we would have to go through it alone, Mm -hmm. that we would grieve alone, that we would feel deep pain alone. And I think Jesus promised us withness. And I get the chills even talking about it because I'm like, that is what it is. Mm. It's, oh my gosh, like if I have to go through the pain, if I have to go through this healing process, it's going to crush me. Mm. But God literally says that he's close to the brokenhearted and he revives those that are crushed in the spirit. Mm. He is with us. He's coming after us. Mm. And so I, I think we just have to remember that. And, and even like if for the practical patties out there, because <laughs> I'm a practical patty, mm-hmm. what helped me so much, and I, I wrote about this in the book, is this strategy called 741. And it's just for people, women, even men that are just looking to spend some quiet time with God, but they kind of don't know where to start mm-hmm. or they kind of fell off a little bit and had a baby, whatever happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're just trying to get back into it. Mm-hmm. 741 is simply a strategy that we take that says that seven minutes a day for four days with one day of reflection, we spend with God and we get our little journal out or we use our phone, whatever we need to like take notes mm-hmm. so that we can refer back onto him. And for seven minutes, the first thing that you'll do is just like talk to God about everything that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Where are you currently? Because when we start to name the things that we're going through, we can begin to heal them. Mm -hmm. And so when we start to name those things in the presence of God, I think we, we name them in a presence of safety. It makes us a little bit more comfortable and brave to if we can say the thing to God, maybe we can say it to God's people that are safe. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can say it to a counselor that's safe. And then we confess, which is the hardest part for me because I'm like, I'm perfect. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, yep. But I, you know, nine times out of 10, God's like, Mm-mm, you, you popped off on somebody the other day. And so you confess and then you just ask God like honest questions. Like, mm-hmm. God, what do you think of me? Which is so vulnerable and weird. Like, I kind of don't want to know that. But then Mm. when I started to know God, I started to understand that he wanted to tell me good things about myself. Mm. God, what do you think of me? And just sit and listen. Seven minutes a day, four days a week Mm. with one day of reflection. And gosh, it's weird at first, but then you start to cultivate that deep, intimate relationship with him. And uh, he just lavishes you. Did you see? My new book, Embrace Your Almost, is officially out in the world, and I can't believe it's available to you anywhere books are sold. You can grab it from Amazon or Target or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. There's some special editions out there, too. Target has an exclusive edition. Barnes & Noble and Books A Million both have signed editions. And you can also get it at local independent bookstores. Anywhere books are sold, you should be able to find it. So if you are walking through a season of unmet expectations or disappointment or broken dreams or waiting or uncertainty, this book will bless your life. If you are not in one of those seasons, but you're just not entirely sure what's next for you, this book will bless your life. And if you have a loved one or a friend or a sister who's walking through a season like that, who's dealing with unmet expectations or broken dreams or uncertainty or waiting, this book will be such a great gift for her or something to pass on to her. So 
If that sounds like something you need or something a loved one in your life needs, grab a copy. Grab a copy from Amazon. Grab a copy from Barnes & Noble, from Target, from anywhere books are sold. I cannot wait to hear what you think, and I cannot wait to not only get this message in your hands, but also for you to pass on this message and share it, because I believe it's more than a message. It's a movement. So as you listen, as you go about your day, I would love for you to put it in order, grab a copy, and start reading as soon as it arrives at your door. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. So I know you are an open book and I think that that's so admirable and I, I think authenticity and transparency is so powerful in the process of sharing our story with others and really utilizing that as you know a, a tool for good. But I think like most of us, you're still in the process of healing. I don't know if you ever just like arrive at this place of like, oh, no. and I'm good now. But I'm curious how you balance your process and your recovery and your journey and sharing your struggles as someone in the public eye, as someone, you yeah. know, I think we all can feel this to a degree, whether it's we're a leader in our community, we're a leader of our small group, people look to us for advice, you know, whether that's online or not, you know, I think we all can feel this like 
tension of like, I want to be authentic. I want to share my story. I want to put the truth out there. But also like, it can be hard to navigate. When is the right time to share something new? Is it the time? Is this just something God wants me to hold on to for me for now? So I'm curious how you know when you're ready to share something new, whether that's on social media, speaking, or even just within your own community versus when it's yours to hold on to and kind of sit with and let God like work work with you through. Yeah, that's really good. So I, you know, I'm a big advocate of not leading from a place of brokenness, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's not necessarily always about a state of brokenness, but it can be a part of your story that's still got some broken pieces mm-hmm. and needs some mending and healing that you just should not share. And that's true for me. You know, we like just like you said, I say this all the time that we've never arrived on this healing journey. Mm -hmm. There are still so many parts of my story that I am still in counseling for right now. There's a specific thing that has been just like breaking me down. And I I never talked about it publicly because it's just not in a hope-filled place. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the indicator for me. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when we're still in the middle of healing something that we should not share publicly, it's Mm -hmm. it's when we're still like bitter and angry about it. Mm -hmm. It's when our negative emotions or in our traumas leading the way and the truth is not, the hope Mm -hmm. is not leading the way. Mm -hmm. Because we've all seen that sweet little baby girl on IG Live talking about her man upset, okay? Mm -hmm. Popping off on Instagram. It's like, sweet girl, you need to go bring that to somebody else. Okay. Mm-hmm, Not the public. Yeah. <laughs> but I think a good indicator for us all is to figure out where our hope filled places are, where the fruit is in the hard parts of our story mm-hmm. and sharing from that place. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I do. I do my work. I have accountability as well. Like I ask my friends, Hey guys, I want to share this part of my story. But if it includes another person, mm-hmm. I talk to them about it beforehand. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and just take my time with it and then pray about it. Lord, what would you have me share for your people? What's in a place that points people back to you and not bitterness and anger? And and we just take my time in that. And I think that that's just a good litmus test for all of us. Mm -hmm. Hope is. Yeah, that's so good. I think it's so simple, but I think when we are feeling, you know, when we want to share, but we don't know, we can get so caught up in like, I don't know. And I think the simplicity of, does this include other people? Am Mm. I sharing, you know, more from a a open gushing wound or is it kind of stabbed over a little bit? I don't know that it has to be 100% healed to the point where you can't even see it anymore. But I think, have I at least moved forward through this a bit, even if there's still some healing that needs to be done? And I think, like you said, bringing it before God and asking. And if you don't have, you know, I think, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there's been times in my life where I know at some point I'm called to share something or you know, tell something or whatever, but I get a yellow light when it comes to the timing. Have you ever had that where you're like, I know at some point this is something I need to talk about, but right now I'm still getting a yellow light and I can't quite put my finger on it, but I feel Mm -hmm. like, and I need to discern, is that yellow light, is that hesitation coming from fear and the enemy? Or is it coming Mm -hmm. from God saying, "Mm, not quite yet, girl? You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's where seeking counsel can also be really helpful to discern what's the, what's the yellow light coming from? Where's the hesitation coming from? And is it of God or is it of fear? Mm, that's so good. I mean, literally this happened to me the other week. I have, mm-hmm. you know, publishers are like, hey, second book writing time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are y'all even talking about? I'm mm-hmm. a drowning. But, um, <laughs> you know, totally and, and the to- I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so, you know, the topic they want me to talk about is not in a hope-filled place right now. Mm-hmm. And they, well, they want me to write about. And so, I'm like sitting down looking at the calendar, like, okay, when's this book going to come out and how much time do I actually have to process through this Mm -hmm. and find some healing and hope from it. But that's the, that's the responsibility that we bear as Mm -hmm. authors, as leaders, as communicators. Yeah. Yeah, I could just put a book out, Mm -hmm. but the truth is like, 
it'll seep out into your writing. We leak. We are imperfect human beings, you know? Like, we just leak, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. Like, you're wondering why you just popped off at your dog Mm -hmm. for chewing your shoe or Mm -hmm. your daughter for doing something crazy or your husband or spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, it's at the end of the day, we leak and we have a responsibility Mm -hmm. to check and double check and triple check ourselves, ourselves, especially as leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I completely relate. I remember, well, I've run, I've run into that on the writing side of things. And just in general, it's like, what do I create on that feels healthy? And I think that's Mm. the part where it's like, what can I speak to from a healthy, hopeful place? And where is this going to leak out in maybe unhealthy ways that I'm going to regret? I actually remember I wrote my first manuscript for my second book, like the first draft and my editor came and it was, I was in a pretty raw place, but I felt the pressure of the timeline. Right. Yeah. Thankfully, they had the wisdom and discernment to come to me and say, this isn't ready to go to print. And we think if you publish this in a year, you'll regret it. And they were so right. And so I was thankful that they said, let's bump this whole thing back a year. Let's give you some more time to heal through this, to figure out what the mm-hmm. what the message is, you know, refine it, et cetera. And ended up being so much stronger as a result of that. But I think sometimes we can't Good. even always see that, you know? So it's it's helpful to sometimes have those other voices of wisdom that can say, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't think this is quite the time, you know? So anyway, I appreciate you sharing that. Something That's else good. and kind of in the same vein of conversation, you share about the importance of healing before helping. And I think this is so on topic with what we're talking about, specifically in terms of mentoring and kind of pouring into others. Can we dig into this a little bit more? Because I think often as Christians, we have this urge or sense of responsibility to start helping others who are struggling with something we went through, because I think that helps give purpose to the pain, right? Like even if we haven't fully walked through it or we're not on the other side of it, there's there's something in us as humans. And then especially as Christians who are like, this is part of my calling. I'm supposed to do something to help others with this. And I think we can get ahead of ourselves in that process too. So while there's, you know, goodness in that and purpose in that, there's also something to be said about taking the time to heal first. So can we kind of dig into that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, we live in a society where it's there's just these quick fixes. Like mm-hmm. if you want to be a little bit cuter, put you a filter on, girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you, you know, if you if you want to lose weight, like get on keto and starve yourself for a little while and you'll be fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have all these quick fixes and we've mm-hmm. forgotten about the power of delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. And we started to apply that to every single area of our lives. Like mm-hmm. I got tired of wiping my eyebrows off. I want them to look like sisters, not cousins. I got them suckers <laughs> tattooed on. I'm like, fixed it. This. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. we just have this, like, quick fix thing that's happening. And the truth is, there's just so much goodness in the waiting. There really, really is. There's so much goodness in, Mm -hmm. you know, you having your book and them saying, let's let's push it back a year. Mm -hmm. So much hard work, I'm sure, happened, Mm -hmm. but so much goodness resulted from it. And Mm -hmm. I think that we've got to start thinking about our healing process like that. Mm -hmm. We got to start thinking about it as a process, not an arrival. We've Mm -hmm. got to start also thinking about healing as something that's really painful and not linear. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, for some reason, like when we used to talk about counseling and going to do your work, it was like, oh, you're so weak and you're coming mm-hmm. from this weak place and you got to be psychotic to go see a counselor. Mm-hmm. And now I think the times are changing a little bit, hopefully, where people are saying, no, it actually takes a whole bunch of bravery mm-hmm. to go back and look at the really hard thing mm-hmm. and to take your time and to allow, you know, yourself to really walk through a, a life lifelong process of healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's exactly what's going on with the book. But, you know, Brave Enough to be Broken, this book that I've written, it's about a process. It's about a one, two step. And I, Mm 
Mm-hmm. One of the things that I prayed over the book early on was that I hope that people don't skim through this book and say, oh, boom, I'm going to do this in a week. I'm going to apply all these things in a week mm-hmm. and my life's going to be changed forever. Mm-hmm. No playa. Okay. Mm-hmm. It took, what, 29 years for that book to even be written, mm-hmm. which means that it took decades Mm -hmm. to even get to a place where I had something to say. And so Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, that's my prayer is that we would start to see the value and delayed gratification and slowness Mm -hmm. intending to, and then we'll come out better for it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, that was kind of something you touched on something that my last question I was going to ask about was seeing counselor and therapy, because I think, like you said, I think it's, it's definitely getting better, but I think sometimes there's still a stigma, especially in Christian circles around seeing a therapist. I think sometimes there's still this mentality of like, pray it away, you know? And I'd be curious what you would say are some myths that people may believe about going to therapy and how therapy can actually make a difference. Yeah. You know, I I say this all the time. I just really think that God wants holy people that know his word and know his truth. But I think he also wants people that are whole and healing because we all know that person that can spit out scripture all day long, but they just rude. They just straight up mean. Okay. And maybe, and maybe they're not mean because they want to be, but because they're just leaking, there's something on the inside of them. There's a negative emotion that's coming up that's been untended. And so I think that there's this idea that if we really want to understand the source, which I think is God, I think we've got to tap into also resources, right? Like Mm -hmm. things that help us to come right alongside our faith. And I mean, gosh, there's been the stigma of like, well, just throw a little scripture on it and you'll be fine. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. There's been, you know, a stigma of you have to be at rock bottom to go to counseling. I talk about this in the book too. We should be living lives on the offense, not the defense. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be waiting for half the dang house to burn down Mm -hmm. to go and sprinkle a little little water on it. Mm -hmm. But instead, we get to start refining ourselves to live lives for decades and decades and generations that'll pass on as healthy legacies. Mm-hmm. And and so I just think, I'm, I'm hoping, I, I think this generation and this next generation is getting it right. Like counseling has been all over the place. Trauma is like a sexy word now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm like, I think we're getting there. But I think one of the biggest things is being sure that you're not waiting for a fire. You're not mm-hmm. waiting for something to happen to do your work, but to really just go, just like we have insurance, right? Mm-hmm. To just go and be protected and be safe and be mindful about the things that you may see and the things that you may not yeah. and go get some healing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I love how you kind of talked about it as insurance or like you don't go once the house is burned down. My husband has a similar metaphor where he refers to counseling as preventative maintenance. He's like, here's the thing. You don't get your oil changed after your engine blows up in your car. You you go get your oil changed so that your engine doesn't blow up. And I think just that shift in mindset helps you know, those who may be a little bit more resistant to, to therapy or who may look at it as something you do when you're weak or when you're breaking or when your marriage is imploding or you're imploding. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like it's it's preventative maintenance. And I think if you can view it that way, just like you do brushing your teeth or changing your oil in your car, but for your mental and emotional well-being, which therefore yeah. seeps into everything, your work, your relationships, your physical <laughs> health, like it suddenly takes on a whole new purpose. And I think that that mentality that you shared and just kind of that idea of preventative mm-hmm. maintenance helps yeah. take away some of that stigma and resistance. It, it kind of makes it like, oh, this is just another one of those things I do to stay healthy, you know, yeah. emotionally and mentally. Anyway, I love all that you shared. This has been so good. I'm like, I feel like we could talk about this for so for long. Real. Um, for real. But I really appreciate just your openness and your vulnerability and the work that you're doing. For those who would love to learn more from you, grab your book 
follow your journey, where can they learn more? Where can they follow you? And where can they get their book? Get your book. Yes. So it's Tony J. Collier on all the things. T-O-N-I-J-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. And then the book is called Brave Enough to be Broken. It's all over the place right now. What What is that line they make us say? We're all books are sold, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, so I mean, it, it's amazing. I love the book. I've said this a few times. Like, the book isn't necessarily about my story because I can tell my story anywhere on Instagram, podcast, all mm-hmm. the thing. The book is really about healing your story. Mm-hmm. It is really, truly a biblical roadmap to help you plug into resources that help you heal. And that's what I hope people say. Like, the feedback I've gotten so far is, man, I feel a lot more equipped to go on the healing journey. Like, now I know how to found, find counseling. Now I know how to do counseling. Now I know how to mm-hmm. practice gratitude. Like, again, I'm a practical patty. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I live a lot in the logical space. Mm-hmm. I have to pull the emotions out. You know, that's hard for me. Mm-hmm. But that's what the book is about. And I just prayerfully hope that people find a little bit more healing or maybe even a bit more support mm-hmm. from reading it. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank yeah. you for being here. Thank you for yeah. everything that you've shared and the work that you're doing. I know it's making such an impact. And I know I've been so blessed by it. And I know all those who listen are going to be so blessed by it. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, girl. Thanks for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Anything less.